How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. And welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jamie Filer, and I am joined by two of the most empowered and empowering women I've ever met slash had the pleasure of coaching. Coach Tiny T, Coach Amanda Voisin, how are you guys? Fantastic. Very good, thank you. I appreciate you joining me on a Canadian holiday. I do respect your time so, so much. So I think I would love to start with, it doesn't necessarily have to be a background of how you got into the fitness industry, but more so what made you decide to become an entrepreneurial coach rather than just working for uh, a good life fitness or a, a big globo box gym? Mm -hmm. Amanda, go, go first. Okay. Well, I mean, to be honest, even when I was working at Good Life, I always kind of saw it as a stepping stone to something bigger, just because I always felt like, you know, my my vision, the, the creativity I wanted to bring to things, the, the way I wanted to serve clients, it was beyond what I was allowed to do when I was working for someone else, right? There were always mm -hmm. these parameters you had to operate within. And I always felt like, I could give clients such a better experience if I was just allowed to do more. Absolutely. Um, so the logical way to do that was to do it myself, right? So Absolutely. good life was always the stepping stone. Um, I just, I knew I had so much more to give as a coach than what I was able to do there. So it just made sense right from the get-go, to be honest. I love mm -hmm. that. that. And T, what inspired you? Um, for myself, it was actually uh, not planned at all. Uh, I worked in the financial industry for about 10 years, and uh, I was always passionate about fitness, but I never perceived it as a means to make a living. Uh, you know, like I was more, I would say, um, I would say I was like a bit risk adverse having grown up and you know, we didn't have so many resources. I was looking more for security and a big organization where I could have a successful career. And um, I remember having a shift where I actually wanted to go into fitness when I was about 25. I'm 35, I'm 35 now. I am. Oh, my God, it goes fast. And um, at that time, when I was thinking of having a career change, I did do my personal training certificates. I did everything. And um, I was looking at gyms. I was like, there's no way I'm leaving my job at the, at the bank for this. There's no way. And then finally, when I competed when I was 28, um, I just, I felt it, it brought me onto this different level, you know, like I won my first competition and made me realize what I was really capable of. And I just remember going back to work and feeling like I was meant to do something else. And I actually went on a sick leave with absolutely no idea where I was going, but I knew I wasn't going back. And uh, that's where I actually met Matthew. And Matthew was the one that gave me clarity and that showed me that, you know, what I was already doing at the bank was similar to um, the strategy that we would implement to have my own business. And within a month, I was making just as much, if not more money than at the bank. And the rest is history. <laughs> I love I love both of your your origin stories, as it were, super impactful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, always, it always comes back to service. 
right? That's why that's why yes. we do it. And it sounds like both of you just felt like you could serve more and better by going out on your own. Absolutely. Right? So my next question, and again, we can, I don't want to say we'll skip the hard stuff, but what was it that got you to the point or at what point in your business did you realize that you'd gotten as far as you could go alone and you thought maybe it was time to hire a business coach? What was that point for, for both of you? Um, well, for myself, I always valued having partners, even when I was a financial uh, advisor, it's one thing that I would say that success is not achieved in isolation of others. Um, you know, it's like when you look at any big corporation, you know, like we cannot as an individual have the expertise to handle every single angle, the marketing, sure. the customer service, uh, the business strategies, uh, the growth, the retention. There's just so much areas, you know, there's a difference between being um, a coach that's taking care of clients and being a business. So for myself, it was just an obvious, um, it was just something that was already ingrained in me, you know, to value partners and to see the need to have them if we want to grow and evolve. So where, where were you either financially or what was the bottleneck where you're like, okay, now it's time to bring in a partner? Well, I was with Matthew from the beginning, right? So it's like okay. I, you know, I started with Matthew. Um, so I think my my experience is a little bit different because I, you know, it's going to be a bit four years on right now that I'm with Matthew, um, and I've never left him. I was never tempted to left him, to leave him, and I'm never going to. I think that sometimes we need to add other partners, which is normal. Like I've dealt with you as well, you know, to yeah. overcome certain challenges. Um, but you know, for me, I see Matthew as the backbone of my business. And whenever I see that, okay, we're having certain challenges, then yes, you know, we can seek other partners with new expertise that could help us. But most of that is found within the, the program of, um, that he provides, you know, so. I love that. And Amanda, I mean, you, you were a coach, you started your business before joining TRM. So mm -hmm. what was it that made you want to start working with us. Yeah. I mean, for me, like right from the get go, when I first started coaching, you know, of course you hear at the good life I was at in particular, um, a lot of people said they wanted to leave. They said they wanted to have their own business, but no one ever did it. Mm. And I was always of the mindset that like, if you're genuinely crazy passionate about something, if you work your ass off, pardon my French, you're going to be successful. It's only a matter of time. And I truly believed that most people weren't successful simply because they gave up too soon. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I absolutely started AJF, uh, left good life, did all of that stuff. And for, for ages, the big long-term goal that I was gunning for as hard as I could was to have my own business and have my own gym. Good for you. And I, I accomplished both of those things. And then once I accomplished both of those things, I found myself in a position where I was going, huh, okay, now what? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> for, for so many years, that was like, that was the big end goal. And I got right. there and I was like, okay, now I want more, but how mm. do I do that? Right? Yeah. So that was the point at which I was thinking to myself, you know, I had been competing for years myself as well. I have a competition coach. I have coaches for other areas of life. Yep. Why wouldn't I get a business coach as well? That just makes Absolutely. sense, right? So that, that was when I kind of started to explore that. And I found TRM through Marcus, through the owner of Magnum, because I had been with them for years. It was 
you know, they were, he was a person I trusted. So when he recommended Matthew, that was kind of the logical next step. And it kind of almost seemed like it was coming at the perfect time when I was already uh, at that place. Yeah. I'd, I'd scaled to a certain point but I felt stuck and I'd honestly never really thought about what came after that because mm-hmm. that was the big goal. Right. Um, so that's kind of what made me take that leap. And it sure enough, it allowed me to get to that next level and the next level and Absolutely. it opened a lot of doors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So out of curiosity, was there ever a point, has there ever been a point in your journey as an entrepreneur where elements of self doubt slipped in or have you been like, no, nope, I am, I am a badass. I've always been a badass. And yeah. There, I, mean, I think there always is, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think any of us, like, no matter what point you're at, you're always going to have those, those thoughts because mm-hmm. every time you hit that big goal, you get to that next level. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're in the next level, but you're surrounded by people who are ahead of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very natural to play like the comparison game I feel, but I, mm-hmm. I always try to catch myself and think, no, like this is inspiration because this shows another level is possible. Now I just have to figure out how to get there too. You know, I mm-hmm. love that reframe. And T, how do you deal with whether it's self-consciousness in your business or mm-hmm. imposter syndrome? How do you overcome that, that barrier, that block? Well, I almost feel like building a business is a bit like weight loss. You know, you, you hit a plateau at some point and mm-hmm. it's like when you want to go further, it's going to require new strategies. And unless you keep doing, you know, if you keep doing the same strategies, you're going to get the same results. That's what it comes down to. So um, I had heard once on a podcast because I love listening to positive podcasts every single morning, you know, people that inspire me. And um, there was a basketball coach and he said, he's like, you know, if I made it this far, you know, if I made it this far when before I was broke, when before I had, I didn't have as much knowledge, I didn't have as much contacts. Well, I'm not supposed to stop now. You know, it's like Amanda said, you know, the thing is, what's always surprising about being an entrepreneur is that I think that we've exceeded our expectations. I think that we've already built a life that we could have never imagined for ourselves. Like I remember saying, when I'm 30 years old, all I want is to make a hundred grand. And it's like, I thought that was the biggest goal. And then you get there, like Amanda says, and then you're like, well, what's next? And sometimes you're not used to it. You're not used and you get used to this momentum. And then when it stops, you're kind of like, be blank page, you know, but for me, that's my reminder. It's just like, okay, well, it's time to disconnect. It's time to read more. It's time to network more. It's time to get inspiration. It's time to talk to more professionals. It's time to talk to your clients so you could start planting new seeds so that you could keep growing and really reach that new level. But getting discouraged is part of it, but I never let it really take me down because I just remember everything I've already done. I'm like, okay, well, we got this, you know? I love that. It sounds like um, a great analogy would be instead of just looking up the ladder at how far you have to go, your goal, yeah, look down and be like, oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So you mentioned momentum, Tara, and I think it's really important. What for both of you have been the biggest? We all have that problem. (laughs) Right. I know, man. Yeah, Amanda, too. What is the biggest difference? Or, okay, you're both over 20K a month earners. If you were to have essentially a dam with all of the water on one side, but you removed one brick and everything came like flooding forward, what was the big, we'll call it a break in your business that just caused you to explode? 
Oh. I mean, Amanda, I'm going to leave you go on that one first. <laughs> Honestly, for me, the, the hardest part I've discovered of being a business owner and progressing and all that is your own mindset. That is ah, 1,000% yeah. the hardest part because when your mindset is good, when you're in alignment, when you feel fulfilled, mm -hmm. balanced, so all true. those positive things with your own mental health, when that's in place, you feel like you're unstoppable. Like you're on yes. a roll. Yes. You hit all these new yes. levels. All mm -hmm. these opportunities just seem to come to you. Mm -hmm. But if your mindset is not it's on not point, there. if you're having a crappy week, if you're getting in your own head, if you're feeling negative, you're going to be, it's going to feel impossible to move forward. Right. So for me, mm -hmm. um, and this is an ongoing challenge at any level I found, right. Because we're human, we have emotions, we have, yeah. we're not robots, right. We're going to have mm -hmm. variants in our personal life. Um, but for me, I find when that piece of the puzzle's in place, that, that piece of the dam is pulled out, so to speak, that's when you can move freaking mountains because you're yeah. going to feel like everything you're doing is in alignment with where you should be. Um, so mm -hmm. I think a big key for me is learning to very consistently hold on to those pieces of my daily routine that mm -hmm. I know keep my mindset in that positive place. Um, and I feel like that's when that growth becomes uh, sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. I mean, I remember your, I, like, I can relate. That's why. <laughs> I think, well, we definitely all can, but I remember as soon as you got your morning routine and you're like, mm -hmm. it's now second nature to wake up at four 30. I definitely mm -hmm. saw a ton of growth with our coaching mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Tara, what's your, what's your big break? I think that one of the most essential things in business that people sometimes forget, and um, I've, I've seen it because, you know, I work with a lot of other coaches as well. I have coaches on my team. I think it's remembering the importance that your client always comes first, always. And sometimes what happens is, you know, we could get caught up and it's happened to myself, get caught up in growth, get caught up in numbers. But if you get too caught up in growth and you get too caught up on numbers, like let's say activities, we'll see a lot of coaches that will emphasize a lot social media. All of my business growth was organic growth. I was capable of hitting, you know, 10K without even having, um, you know, constant social media or Instagram. So I think uh, when we're putting 80% of our activities on social media, we may be attracting. However, we're also losing from the back door. So in my opinion, you know, our customer service should be number one. We should always be focusing on our client experience and fixing the holes in our business by looking for feedback. Like, for example, if a client leaves, we shouldn't just ask, you know, not ask questions. If the client invested in us once, it's because they have the money. Why are they leaving? They don't perceive the value. So yeah. I always went back in my business and looked at, okay, how can I continue to meet my client's goals? How can I make this a long-term process? And as a result of doing that, you know, I have an extremely uh, strong um, retention. We have clients that are with us for two, three, four years, uh, which is almost unheard of in coaching. But it's all because of that mindset of saying, you know what, our client comes first. How can I make this better for them? What challenges are they facing now? So I think that should be the base of our activities is really our client experience and a little bit attraction. But your attraction is absolutely good for nothing if your clients are leaving out the back door. Absolutely. Could not agree more. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Um, my next question is about balance and life. Uh, you both have significant <laughs> others. You both have fur babies. You both love to travel. 
I'm curious how you balance being, you know, the CEO, owner, <laughs> operator, um, yeah, while also living a life that includes stuff outside of being a coach. Well, for myself, I, I have a certain way of seeing this is that, you know, I've only started this year after four years having more time. Um, yeah. Now delegating, now beginning to trust my partners, because that was a big, big, big one. I had a lot of trouble letting go, feeling like people can't do it like me. And, you know, you taught me and Matthew taught me how to really, um, um, you know, uh, I would say create mini-me's. Uh, that, you know, could do it the same way. But that was a huge one for me. But I never really saw it as a problem because I'm so passionate about what I do that I don't feel like I'm working. I would prefer to do this than take days off. And a lot of people, they say, yo, you're crazy, you know. But I love to work. I've always loved to work. And my mindset is, you know, what's good for somebody else is good for them. What's good for me is good for me. And I see it as I give 100% in everything I do. So when I work, I give it 100%. And then if I rest, if it comes when it does sporadically, I'll give it 100%. But for me, that's my balance because my business is my baby. And that's just how I, I make it work. I say to my man, he knows this is how it is. That's why it works with him. Otherwise, it wouldn't. And he's okay with that too. Perfect. Good. Good. <laughs> and Amanda, how do you, what does balance, does balance do we have balance? If yes. so, what does it look like? <laughs> to be honest, I totally relate to loving to work, obviously, because I feel like as a business owner, I mean, we wouldn't be business owners if we didn't. Sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're yeah. all high achievers. We all are people who like to go 100% in, right? Um, I've definitely found for myself, for, for that mindset piece, again, that I was talking about, that can be a big limiter. I find, like, it's one of those things, right? Like, if, you're, if your cup's always half full because you're never filling it up completely yeah. you're always going to be operating at like a fraction of what you actually could be right mm -hmm. so for me I've definitely learned to set distinct boundaries um and that really helps for example you know I mean I'm at the cottage right now for one um but communication with clients for example that was a big one right like I always um I would want to respond quickly to people yes. I felt like to be a good coach I have to be present available, I have to be available. Yeah. but the truth is as you scale you that just means you're constantly on your phone mm -hmm. it means you never are present you never mm -hmm. can disconnect and your cup's always not full right mm -hmm. so for clients you know for example i respond within 24 hours everyone mm -hmm. knows that it's a clear boundary right out of yep. the gate and that means when i'm at the cottage like this i'm putting my phone away sometimes uh, and just spending time yes. with my family right yes um and mm -hmm. i think having those boundaries in your business honestly so important. really important yeah mm -hmm. because otherwise you do end up never really realizing your full potential mm -hmm. you're always operating at at less than full capacity if that makes i sense. have to agree with that actually amanda because you know what that was a huge 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 one for me and i just helped another coach with that as well where she was actually thinking of stopping quitting coaching because it took so much energy out of her and i had the same problem as you where it was like i felt i had to answer right away and it was making me sick because like you said it's okay to work like I said, to do 100%, but when you're not working, you're not working. Your phone is not on. We shouldn't be answering all the time. So I think it's very important to lay those expectations out from the beginning. And uh, what really helped in my business do that was it's defined in my contracts also. 
you know, that we have a certain time to answer, that there's a specific method of communication. So people can't DM me. They can't Facebook me. It's on WhatsApp. I can't check my WhatsApp all the time because you're absolutely right. Otherwise, we'll, we'll burn out, you know. So boundaries is, is definitely important. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll lose that passion, right? You'll lose why you got started. Oh, yeah. And your customer yeah. service will suck because you'll be like, oh, you lose patience. Yeah. I always, I try to keep perspective as well, honestly, and think like, you know, as much as we love our business, it's, it's part of our life. It's not our whole life and it shouldn't be yeah. right. So like, yes. you know, having a date night with my fiance on Friday evening, making our homemade burgers every week and just putting our phone <laughs> away. Like these things yes. are really important because down the line, like, you know, a lot of us, we, we do want families. We do want kids, right? I know that's in the cards for me. And um, I don't want to be a mom that's constantly working and can never give back to their kids. So I mm -hmm. think it's important to like, at least for me to, to practice setting those boundaries now um, so that down the line, when that time does come, it's, it's not a massive shift. I've already created a business that functions well mm -hmm. that way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And delegating helps a lot with that also, mm -hmm. you know, not having all the responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing advice, which means that I now have to pivot my next question. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think a more heartfelt question would be, what's something you've had to learn the hard way that if you could pass on to the next generation of coaches coming up, they don't they won't have to go through what you went through? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I think it's like Amanda just like, put the cherry on top because for me one of my biggest challenge was establishing boundaries and you know it took me years and years and years to understand it you know because we we have this idea as a coach that it means that you have to be there all the time that you're supposed to hold someone by the hand um, but one thing that I understood is that you know we are experts in our field like I am a naturopath a licensed naturopath I can help with dietary advice, lifestyle advice. I'm a licensed coach. I can help with training advice, but it is not in my expertise to provide emotional support. It is not psychological or emotional support. So now I've understood that, you know, sometimes like we had said, the importance of having partners. Well, when I had to go through my personal journey, I needed multiple partners. I needed to have a psychologist. I needed to have a coach. I needed to have a family doctor. So our job as a professional is to refer our clients to other professionals so they can receive the support they require to be successful. So I think that was the biggest boundary, biggest challenge for me was accepting that I cannot do everything and still find a solution. And when, once I found the solution was communicating these expectations at the onboarding process so that the client could remain satisfied with the process because they don't expect it from you. So that was a huge, huge, huge one in my business that allowed me to protect my mental health and also to provide a service within my expertise while making sure that my client has all the tools necessary to succeed. I love that. I love that. And Amanda, what, uh, what, would you tell others so that they don't have to do the same thing you did? Oh man, there's so many things, but I think one thing that was a big turning point for me was when I started thinking of, of things in general with an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset, right? Like yep. if you think about it, when you're a coach, if you're 
and I used to be guilty of this, right? If you're operating with a scarcity mindset, your mindset is if I don't respond to this client quickly, they're going to leave. If I don't take on this person at 7 p.m., even though I wake up at 6, I'm, mm-hmm. I need this. I need the money. I need this person. This lead, this lead yeah. won't come around again. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, that mindset of if I'm not always working, always pushing hard for my business, mm-hmm. it's going to fail. Right. All right. of those things are scarcity mindset. And mm-hmm. the key, the truth is when you start thinking of things with an abundance mindset, right? Like you have such an abundance of value that you're providing to clients. There are so many people out there who will benefit from what I mm-hmm. have to offer. When yeah. you start changing your mindset in that way, you're, you're able to set boundaries and you get more respect from people as a result. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. when you really start getting those clients that you love coaching because they respect you yes. and they're not taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're not at a place where you're offering them a discount just to get them to come to you mm-hmm. because you're worried that another lead won't come around. Yeah. You're making more money. You're giving more value. Exactly. You're getting better clients. You're able to just enjoy being a coach that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so abundance mindset, man, like there are so many billions of people on this earth. There's <laughs> so plen- many. plenty of people to fill your yeah. roster, right? Yeah. Like- and, and that has to do with confidence too, right? Like when you've been an entrepreneur for so long and you know, you know, you've delivered consistent results with your clients, you realize that you, you are that valuable, that you don't have to sell yourself short. So I think that comes a little bit with, experience you know in the beginning there's a fear because it's such a big transition and there's a lack of security but once you have that base and you build that confidence i think it it, it should come naturally you know absolutely believing in yourself yeah yeah well clearly we need a part two because we're out of time but we could keep going (laughs) but ladies in the meantime first of all thank you so much for your time i know it is valuable where can people find you should they choose to get in touch ask questions Whatever. Go ahead, Amanda. Thanks. Um, I'm on amandajeanfit.com is our website. You can find me at amandajeanfit with an underscore at the end or AJF team as well. Awesome. Perfect. Tara. So I primarily use Instagram and I have a link directly on my Instagram. It's tinyt.fitness at, what is it? Tinyt.fitness. Is that how we do Instagram? See, that's how good I am on social media. Yeah, it's tinyt.fitness. I do <laughs> Awesome. I have and someone to do my Instagram. So perfect. And again, something we could go into on our next call for sure. Exactly. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. If you like us, subscribe, rate us, share with your friends on Instagram and Facebook. I uh, hope we provided a ton of value. And in the meantime, go have the best rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Train Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Train Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today. Take a screenshot with your phone of this episode and share on your social media and let us know any questions you may have, things you enjoyed about the show or things you want to see more of coming down the pipeline and tag us at Train Revenue Multiplier on your social media. And if you are looking for more real money-making, business-building things to help you grow to the next level in your business, have your more income and have you working smarter and harder in your business, then head on over to trmshow.com to book your free 30-minute business building call today. We look forward to hearing from you, serving you, and of course, delivering more impact for your business. Have a great day. Take care. Let's keep growing.